Hello and welcome to another episode of Art and Victory from the Show Starts Now Studios. We are at the main site Contemporary Art Gallery in Norman, Oklahoma, right here on Main Street. Um, and we want to say special thanks in advance to Main Site for hosting us. And if you watched this before, September 14th, 2019, come on out and check out this exhibit. Uh, we have art from Ellen Marshall and Michael Fishkeller, Fisher Keller. Um, which opens August 9th here uh, at Main Site Norman. The topic today is, is acting, particularly in, in, in Oklahoma City, but broadly as well, and just developing your career and your creativity as an actor. You might notice we have a different format today. Instead of a panel, we'll be doing an intimate interview with my good friend, Christy Yay. Boone. Hey, Christy. Hello. I'm glad to have you. Um, Do you want me to hold that so you don't like knock it over? You know, I'll just, put, I'll just put it back here, and at the end, we can, <laughs> we can plug it one more time. But uh, yeah, I always start off these discussions asking the question, why do you do acting? You ask that question every time? Well, it's not always acting. <laughs> it depends on the theme. But yeah, uh, so, so why, do you do, why, why did you get into acting and why do you do it? Well, it was not intentional. It's not a thing that I pursued. It was encouragement from people for me to get involved in improv. And by getting involved in improv and going through all the levels of training and musical improv training and then doing intensives, even nationwide and different retreats, I just kind of became immersed in the culture and fell in love with stage and performance. It had not been a part of my past. I mean, I did runway modeling in my 20s, but I don't think that counts. Um, you kind of act, but mostly you just wear clothes and pretend like you're more stoic than you are because you're really actually very excited to wear the clothes. <laughs> I got you. Um, and so a good friend of mine, Tim Fall, is also a film professor at OCU and he'd come to a show just to support the show and check it out and he asked if I had ever considered signing with an agent. And he signed or referred me over to Margie um, who was doing Magna Talent and I was with her for six months before she had to leave the business and left it over to Michelle and then I just stayed with them, so. Great, so your yeah. in was really com the community theater, the yes. improv theater. Yes, Great. yes, yes. Well, I'm a huge fan of improv. Improv theater has actually come up in some of the previous episodes because there's just some really great themes to explore. Why did you start doing improv to begin with? Well, the harsh reality is I had just experienced a miscarriage and a really hard breakup and I kind of wanted to get out of the norm of my business connections and the different things I was doing in the community and theater is something I'd never tried ever and I think that it's important to shake yourself up and challenge yourself and get involved in different things as part of your journey and healing and different aspects of life and I um, had just been told to him, he had delivered the line to me, which he has since apologized, by the way, um, you have no value now that you've lost the baby. And it was just this breaking moment. And I realized nothing could be worse than that. I want to try something just crazy and wild and completely, you know, off the spectrum of reality for me. And wow. I'd remembered people kept plugging improv and I was like, I'm doing it. I'm going to call them. And I lucked into mid-course of uh, level one improv and made great friends and got to perform with them at the show uh, that December and it was just amazing and I've never looked back. Yeah, well thanks for, yeah. for being willing to share something personal. Um, sure. That sounds really amazing. To, so, so you found a community of, of people. It's not like you set out to have a career in acting. You were right. really just there for, for the humanity yes. of it, the community yes. and the art. So, yes. um, 
So you got connected with an agent, and then tell us about your first gigs that you found as a professional actress. Um, I lucked into really amazing things. My very first, well, my first first was through an agent was Rear Carpet. It was a put your face on, put your face on it campaign. Yeah. And we had to like rub our face on these carpet samples. And I was on the board of directors with one of the people who had booked this commercial. And it was through ICG, which is a local agency. Okay. And we had the best time with that commercial. And then my next two were really high paying gigs and it was a full set. And I had not experienced a full set. I didn't know places. I didn't know um, go back to one. I just had to like improvise on site. I was like, what does this mean? Cool. And, but it was a beautiful experience with an agency out of Tulsa and it was a regional commercial for Cherokee Casino. And um, if I looked like I was freezing, you know, all of a sudden five jackets would be on me and there was like all this food and water that just kept being put in my hands and touch. It was really an amazing experience. Wow. Um, and then the second was a Mercedes commercial that I did. Mm -hmm. And I did that with Ackerman McQueen and again through the agency and then it just kind of snowballed from there. I was just doing film and commercials. So basically, you know, started for creative outlet and, and community, got connected, got some small commercial gigs which led to yeah. bigger commercial gigs. Yeah. And you found your way all the way into movies, right? Yes. Out of the commercial world and yes. into, into the into cinema. So yes. um, how did that transition come about? How do, how do you go from commercial to to playing characters. Again, I feel like I just have been really lucky. Mm -hmm. Right place, the right time, willing to say yes to projects maybe. Um, I had a, a really good friend who had roped me into doing a film with Mickey Reese and then Mickey and I became good friends and he's so fun and creative and I love the people who were involved in the films with him. And so I did a couple with him. One was Suedehead, the other was Broadcast. And simultaneously, when I was filming broadcast with Mickey, I was doing Gremlin with uh, Ryan, and um, oh my gosh, that's hilarious. It's Belgart, wow, I can't believe, I hope he never sees this. Uh, Ryan Belgart, and then um, he had reached out about auditioning for a role that I fell in love with, and it was this mom who was just kind of beaten down, and there was just this chaos around this movie called Give It to Someone You Love. And then I got it, I think he said 75 different people auditioned for that role. And then I got to play opposite Adam Hampton, who everybody around town knows and loves because he's just great and has a ton of passion for the industry. And so that's kind of how all of that unfolded. And then I'm dubbed in like six languages now, so. Oh man, that's, well, that's really special, that's cool. It's kind of fun. So I'm interested to know the timeline there from going from the improv theater to getting some commercial work mm -hmm. to playing some full length movies that were produced locally. Was yes. that something that happened over the course of months, years? Pretty quickly. It was, it was pretty quick. It was a year to a major like improvised full theater production, like a Shakespearean play with Greek chorus. And we only had a cast of six and it was called Improvised Horror Story. So that was that next year, kind of like that next fall. And then the following fall is when I was starting to do um, commercials. And then that following year, six months later I think is when I started doing film work. So it was just really rapid. That's why I say I got incredibly lucky. Yeah. Like just the right place, right time. And I think that a lot of artists, <clears throat> you know, have some story that involves a certain degree of luck, but what's the Abraham Lincoln quote? 
it's about luck, you know, it's like the harder I work, the more of it I have, something like oh, that. Right. So do you feel like just for people who out, out there who maybe really trying to build a career, um, is there a certain attitude or something that you can bring to life or bring to uh, um, your endeavors that maybe increases your chances of stumbling into a lucky situation? That is an excellent question. Yes, I've been on set and I've experienced people who are even just doing an extra role be really cruel and offensively disrespectful to crew because for some reason I think they feel like they have this authority because they're in and I tell people when I see them behave like that like we're cattle they're doing the production we can be replaced <laughs> and so I think just having a like a an attitude of, of servitude and and serving the project as a creative instead of just like look at me I'm amazing gotcha. is so humility, a really good humility. humility is a yeah. beautiful thing to bring to the table and a willingness to create together instead of which improv maybe really that's what I was going to say, really gonna like say. Yeah, so yeah, it sounds yeah. like that's a kind of a really yeah I think everybody really I'm just saying everybody needs to take an improv class okay cool <laughs> yeah and I and and I think that's good advice because if you if you want to be an artist, we can talk about the business stuff all day long, but mm -hmm. you have to be dedicated to the craft. And yeah. I agree that improv is a place to learn a lot about creativity in general. I mean, Agreed. If you're Agreed. a musician, you should take an improv class. Yes. You learn a lot about. Yes. I mean, you've done it and have a great time doing oh, it. And yes, it's honed I've, your skills. You know, I mean, you were already incredible. Oh, but, you know, no, I, for, for me, it really has helped me learn how to live and how to value other people's contributions, I think. Yes. Just how to, to see something else that someone else is contributing to a situation, whether it's theater, whether it's musical, or whether it's in a board meeting or something. Absolutely, in a, in a even just, on the business just side. seeing somebody's suggestion and always viewing it as a valuable contribution yeah. because in improv, you know, you, you, the moment you start to not value contributions of others, even if they're crazy right. or weird, right. you know, that's when you start kind of kill on the scene, you yeah. know, everybody really has yeah. to value each other and that's a, that's a good skill. The for audience them. has a better experience and you're doing it for the audience. Right, and yeah. a whole world starts to be created yes. as soon as everything is, is And you get valuable. to play more. Right. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Yeah. Um, cool. So, uh, I mean, the, get it going, transitioning, I, I know that you said you found some times on set where you were learning for the first time, sort oh, of the God. industry stuff. Was there anything just in that whole process that was challenging or hard? I think mean, it was all really difficult because yeah. I mean, at the rate that I'd been booked for those two commercials, I felt a huge responsibility to already be in the know. And I could ask some questions of people who were nearby, but I never wanted to ask the director because I was still also learning how to navigate the authority tiers. And I think one really good thing for people who want to get into acting and take it seriously is kind of learn what those tiers are because they protect the integrity of the creative project. Like the director needs to be focused on directing and making sure things are queued up and people are in place. They don't need to be telling me where one is. And There's so, someone else to ask about that. Right. I guess. Yeah. So what I just did was followed the camera. So if they said back to one, I would go, okay, where's that camera going? Oh, that's where the camera's going. I stood there. That must be what one means. Did you ever find somebody that you could, that you felt comfortable asking questions to? Eh-ish. You, yeah. you really just sort of figured it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Um, but you can ask some questions sure. um, from people that seem a little bit more there to assist with the scene and not so much take care of the behind the camera parts. But, I see. But yeah, I just used intuition, I guess. Tell, tell me about a situation where something went went awry, or some, maybe something didn't quite go right, and how, how that felt and how you dealt with it. Um, well, when we shot Gremlin, there was this really hilarious moment. I was exhausted. It was like 1.30 a.m. in the morning, and 
I was supposed to be holding my child after she had just been hurt. And I was supposed to be like really lamenting this moment and I needed to be as authentic as possible. And all of a sudden, and they made a, they made a meme of this, but um, all of a sudden I just pulled like, you know, a, a Star Wars moment. I go, no, and it was really embarrassing. And nobody said anything because everybody was incredibly respectful and we were all tired. And um, I realized how bad it probably was. And I saw Ryan's face and he was like, I just need you, you know, to do this. And I was like, well, I have never had this happen and I need to understand what that means. And so we almost, and he took it very lightly. And I said, you know what, can I just see that so I know what it's like? And he goes, I think that's a great idea. And so we looked at it and, um, and I was like, and I started laughing, and the second I started laughing, everybody started laughing. But they were really kind and respectful of the moment. And even though I totally, I'm, gu I'm guessing it didn't make the final cut. Oh God, no! So no. I guess it, all Thank that to say, for you know, in acting, they say there aren't wrong choices; they're just good, and, good and bad choices. And maybe that was one of the not so good really ones. Bad but, one. but you know, from what it sounds like, you know, being someone who got into into that pretty quickly, you know, there's there's no real way to know what really works and right. what doesn't without some trial and error. Yeah. So. Taking that, I mean, what what can aspiring actors and actresses do to 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 know what's a good choice and what's a bad choice? Is there any prep they can do, practice classes that you'd recommend? Sure, we have great places around town. We have um, Michelle DeLong, who's amazing, and and also Fryhofer. Both of them offer classes and. You can take improv, like OKC Improv has classes. People do private sessions as well for private coaching. Um, I even do that personally. But really the best thing you can do is if you accept a project, be responsible for the role that you have in that project and learn more from what the director really wants directly from him or her. And then make sure that you are connecting it as much as you can to the most authentic experience possible. So whatever the role is, try to, to delve into a memory or something. Um, I'm not saying method per se, I'm just saying mm -hmm at least tie it to something relatable where you're giving your best in the moment to kind of anchor whatever's going on. You find some, some, something within that scene that, that is authentic to you. Yeah, and, and yeah, yeah. Because the, the worst auditions I have are the roles that I'm like, I don't really feel this. And the auditions are humiliating. I really hope that Freyhofer never releases any of them. <laughs> so that, that's a great segue. Let's talk about the audition process. Oh, God. How yeah, do you prepare for auditions? Grueling. Um, well, it depends. Again, being so new and not having a ton of experiences, I made a lot of mistakes along the way for sure. I didn't know, I think just my enthusiasm initially and my willingness to be open and feeling confident about it before I knew how much I didn't know helped me land so much up front. And then I <laughs> had this like year dry spell of going on these auditions and now being like landlocked in my brain because I'm like well this is how good I'm not and this is where I need to be and how do I bridge this gap and then I would just go okay well I still just need to keep auditioning at least you know a little bit and I would say yes to things that maybe my heart wasn't in them and the prep has been an array the best auditions I have are the auditions that I actually do it in front of someone before I go in and get recorded um, or I'm reading lines with someone and actually getting into the role and changing my 
um, my headspace, my physicality, and all of that, and really connect. Those are the best auditions I have. The rest of them are awful. And when I say the best auditions, I'm not saying I have 30 like that. I'm saying I may have six like that, and then the rest of them are just horrific. Do you tend, on the, on the auditions that you're saying are the good ones that feel really mm -hmm. good, do you, do you tend to get those roles more often than the bad ones? Do you ever have a bad audition, but you get the role, or vice versa? I mean, I've had a couple of auditions I thought went horribly, and I got it, and I was like, wow, I don't, yeah. I don't know what happened. It could have just been that sometimes, and casting directors will tell you this, like, when, when <laughs> you may not be the best fit appearance-wise, but you crushed it the other way and they needed the, the emotional side and they'll work with you physically. Or you may not be the best fit emotionally, but you just happen to fit what they're trying to cast physically. Yeah. So I think when I say I lucked into some things, I think that I've lucked into a couple of things that way too. I hear what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what's the big takeaway from all that for people auditioning? Is it just whether, whether it seems like a fit for you or not, whether it feels like a good audition or not, just do it? I think keep doing it. Just like yeah. in the business world, it's important mm -hmm. for people to keep interviewing, to keep their interview skills sharp. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing. And yeah. I noticed that I don't have, oops, I hit the mic. Sorry, Dennis. I noticed that I um, have really bad auditions right after a dry spell of not being willing to take risks and go in for one for like, yeah, a few months. Then they're just bad for the first like two or three. And then I might have like a really great one. And then I'm like, okay, cool. I had a good one. I'm going to stop for a while while I'm ahead. And then I don't go again. And then I'm like, why am I doing this to myself? This is the worst. So you find it helps to be consistent. Yes. Yes, for sure. That yes. makes some sense. Yes. Very good. So um, what's something about the whole process that you just love it just gets you so excited you thrive off it yeah definitely the the being a part of something that's in somebody's mind because i've also written and directed and produced and being able and so i know what goes into that piece of it like all those sides of it and being able to be a mechanism by which they get to kind of push that into the world and be part of that team is so much fun for me. Like ever, I just really get excited about that. Yeah, that's It's a beautiful. ton of fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you ever find any any challenge with aligning with their vision? You know, maybe taking the world you're imagining and trying to fit into theirs. Is there any place where you have to compromise your own vision? To oh, fit sure, theirs? sure. Mickey and I fight constantly. Like <laughs> I don't, we haven't even done a film together in probably two years because mm -hmm. we fight a lot. Um, but he's so brilliant that ultimately I just say, okay, fine, let's do it this way. And his films are great. So you, I mean, I guess if you're being, if you're an actor being hired, there's probably a certain degree to which you're sort of obligated to submit to the, mm -hmm. the director's vision, right? Absolutely. You ever find that to be challenging or anything you have to yeah. work on to be willing to, to um, do that creatively? I'm really comfortable at least vocalizing my thoughts. Mm -hmm. And so far I've been fortunate to at least be heard and then told like, here's why this needs to stay this way, or you know what, maybe you're right and we'll adapt it a little bit. And then like with Gremlin, Ryan was like, you make this your role. Hmm. Like this is your, I can tell you feel this, this is a thing for you. So you tell me how we work around it, which was a really nice luxury. Cool, so on the business side of things, uh, has that been a learning curve there, just learning how to, uh, professionally be treated right and paid right and all that? Is that something that has come naturally or that you've had to work to figure out at all? I feel mostly naturally mm -hmm. that has been part of the process for me because already being an entrepreneur and understanding business and how to negotiate best terms. Yeah. Now that said, I definitely didn't understand the process for SAG and could have been SAG three years ago 
and was given misinformation by uh, like a former agent, because I, I work with the TAB agency now, and they're very knowledgeable and thorough and, and everything. And the other agencies here in town are fine. Um, but I had misinformation, and, and I didn't know to research it deeper. I, I swear, see. like Dennis is going to come over here and take this mic off me in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> so, but but I think what you're saying is there's probably a certain degree to which you have to do that research on your yes. own, and maybe just go straight yes. to those places. Yes. You would have done it differently if you if you'd known. Absolutely. And in, in yeah. the long for your situation, you would have joined the Screen Actors Guild more sooner. Absolutely. It's a yes. good deal for you. Well, and it it is nice. It it's it's a catch twenty two because you do miss out on, you know, if you're in Oklahoma City, we're a smaller market and you have an opportunity to work on more projects more quickly. If you're SAG, then you technically, over a certain amount of hours invested in the project and a certain dollar value, you're not allowed to be part of those projects anymore if they're not SAG films. Um, so you do miss out on, you know, some potential fun, but it's great if it's a career path. Like if it's truly something you want to do and 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 chase that and follow that, it's interesting um, how much protection comes with the organization and also how much prestige comes with it. Like people know, okay, this person's paid their dues. They've definitely done what they're supposed to do to set themselves as uh, apart as a professional and those kinds of things. I see. If that makes sense. It does. Perfect. Yeah, that's good to know. And of course, to any viewers, we'll just encourage them to go yeah. check out their website yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and get familiar with it and, and know whether it's something more, it's an outlet for them or whether it's more of a professional career for them. And you say that's kind of a bifurcation there on whether or not you should not join or join. In, yeah, in if you think it will just be hobby and you want to play and have fun and create together with your friends, probably just don't worry about it because there are fees associated with it and things like that. Mm -hmm. If you want to open your market to bigger, um, not bigger cities, that really isn't fair because Oklahoma City is doing great, but um, to different markets nationwide or even globally, then being a part of that union kind of gives, it gives you that, that path. Nice, good. Well, that's good for the business stuff. I know a lot of the viewers are interested in that. Um, creatively, tell me about um, a little bit about your creative process as an actor. I think it depends on the project. Okay. Yes. So if it's film, right? Okay, well, let's start with improv. Sure. If it's improv, it's definitely going on stage, being open, and wanting to create something and honoring what other people are providing in the space, right? So take the stage, like bit scene, right? Musical improv. Everybody builds together, we're having a great time, we're there for the audience, because without the audience it's really just, I hope I'm allowed to say this word, but masturbatory. <laughs> we're just doing it for ourselves at that yeah. point, which is not as much fun as the audience. that word, but what a perfect yeah. <laughs> I feel like I've heard it, but maybe I haven't. Um, anyway, so we and, and then if we're engaging the audience then we win and we're really there for them to have an outlet of laughter and fun and like <gasps> moments or whatever mm -hmm. and so for improv the the elements are just being open being willing to have fun and supporting my friends on stage while engaging the audience yeah. if it's commercial it's just do what i'm told <laughs> Yes. If I need to stand a certain way, move my head a certain way, say a, a thing a certain way, do it all. Just right. do it and, you know, be done. Because there's not, even for the agency, there's not a lot of leeway on creativity. Right. 
if it's film, it's digest the character, understand the motivation behind the character, learn from the director what the expectations are, know ahead of time, like look at the scene blocks, what's really being filmed, where it will be, put yourself in that uh, situation and try to visualize it before you even get there. And then also, even though there are scripties and people who are keeping track of how the film is progressing, for continuity, mm -hmm. so that there are no loopholes or, or things missing in the film later where somebody's like, wasn't she holding a mug like five minutes ago? <laughs> yeah. Just also keep track of things yourself, like make little notes and be aware. And, and that also helps be more in the character consistently when you're willing to do that because you're keeping track of all the things spatially that are happening, which makes you stay connected to the space and to your character. I hear that. Um, and then find emotions like what, what does it mean and how does it feel and who is this person and, and really let yourself physically and mentally be affected by it. Yeah. Have you ever had a piece of work you've done that has really touched somebody? Maybe they've expressed that it meant a lot to them, whether that was uh, live or recorded? Ooh, I'd say that's been more on stage. I've actually had those kinds of comments on stage and then also leading my corporate trainings, like I when see. I go in and work with teams on that kind of stuff, because we do acting in those too, mm -hmm. and I'd say those are... What, what do fans say that you give to them in those fans situations? Fans who... Let's call them so, fans. Well, you got not, fans. That feels weird. My you face just turned red. Um, <laughs> I have two. You my have daughter. Two yeah. <laughs> and Christian. You, your daughter thanks, and me, Christian. yes. Yeah, thanks, okay, Christian. well, what do you think that we get out of your... Yeah. Um, <laughs> just, just what do you think that you offer to the, to the viewer, to the people that, that take in your work? What, what do, what oh, do you, that's an interesting and, question. And if it's not, if it's not what, do they, what do they say that they get? What do you hope that they get? Yeah, that's a great question. I think if it's from an inspirational perspective, because they're interested in getting into the industry, I hope that they look and see that I am enjoying it and I'm putting my passion and energy into it. I hope that that's translating. Mm. Um, if it's just a consumer of what's happening, I hope the same thing, that they can see the energy and the passion. And I hope that you know there are moments that it translates either on stage or in film or even in a commercial, you know, if right. it just, if it evokes some sort of emotion in them that gets them out of their day-to-day -day grind and makes them think just more creatively and openly about you the world. You just want to pull people into something. Yeah, something yeah, yeah. That's good. Yeah. I love that. It's a fun question. It's a great question. Yeah, well, well what does it do for you? What do you, what, uh, obviously you like it. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, you stuck with it and, uh, what about it keeps you coming back and, and auditioning for more roles? I mean, it's a little sadistic, really, because there's more rejection than there is actual Man, work. well, I, I imagine, you know, I, I haven't done much acting, but I imagine you got to be thick-skinned. Does, does, do you feel rejected when you don't get roles? How do you yeah, deal with that? Yeah, of course. How do you deal with it? Absolutely. Um, the dealing with it is just like not getting business deals. It's like, okay, well, it wasn't the right time or I could have done this better. So it's more of an assessment of how to approach it next time. Mm -hmm. And realizing that if you're in a dry spell, you're in a dry spell and just keep moving forward and hope that it kind of clears. This is, I have to tell this story because it's hilarious. I, um, so I went in for an audition with Freyhofer and it's improv and I love improv. But for some reason, I was just in the worst headspace that day. And I was excited about this opportunity because it was funny. It was a mm. really funny kind of moment. Okay. It turns out on film or in commercials, more anchored and dramatic things are easier for me. On stage, the comedy is easier. It's mm, really interesting. 
But I go in for this audition, and so one of the things they told me to do was just to look surprised, like open the door, open the front door, and look surprised. And I, this is literally what I did. I just opened the door and I went. And, and it's, I'm supposed to say things, I'm supposed to move around, and this is what I did. And I locked it. Like, I don't even know how long I held it. It was, it's really embarrassing. How'd it go? Oh, I didn't get that one for sure. <laughs> So you had some interesting audition oh moments and interesting on-camera moments, but I'm sure that's part of the process, right? I guess yeah. you could expect that. Anybody yeah. could expect to yeah. have moments where you freeze or moments yeah. where you do weird things, and maybe maybe you have more than others, maybe so you don't. Dorky. Yeah, it was a dorky moment for sure. Well, that's exciting. So um, can, can you share a time that you think something you did was a huge success? Maybe it was a moment in a scene, or maybe it was something on the business side where you you just like, oh, wow, you know, I'm... Maybe I have my dorky moments, but I, I killed this one. I crushed this. Yeah, I we had so much fun with Gremlin, and it's a B-rated horror film, and it's you know cheesy and fun, and yeah. um, that we had this scene that had to happen in the basement, and I just knew I felt like this. And Ryan and I've had this open conversation. I felt this pressure of this is one of those moments in the scene where we can provide something that's so deep and real that like it grounds the entire movie, like regardless of you know all the other stuff we throw in and what's happening. And I just felt this really cool weight on me to be really in this moment. And it was really intense. And, um, and I have had more compliments about that specific scene mm. than anything else I've ever done, just because I really did pour myself into it. So what you're saying is people are watching this this B movie, this this yeah. you know, like, <laughs> this, this uh, you know, kinda I guess you could campy, say, I guess, yeah, kind of low budget right? horror movie, which yeah, is a whole yeah, genre in of itself absolutely. and is awesome. Oh. But, yeah. but, but you had a moment in there where apparently like a, several people have responded to it because of something that, that yeah. happened in that scene or some kind of like zone you were in. Yeah, I was cool. deeply affected by it. Like mm. it was intense. I left that scene and I told um, Ryan and Josh and me, before we even went, before I even went into that, I said, when I leave, this will happen. Like when we, when we cut, this will happen. I will leave and I'm gonna have to go outside and compose myself. It's not you guys, like I want to go to this place with you. Yeah. And then and then afterward I did and they like hugged me on the way outside and then I called my daughter immediately and I was like, I just want you to know I love you. <laughs> like, oh, that's special. So yeah, what is really it about that scene that you think connects people in that way? Um, I think it, you could just tell I was heartbroken in that moment, like really viscerally affected and, and just broken and it was not acting. It was just like this real intense connection. Mm -hmm. And I don't know how many people get that opportunity, but it was, like, it was really amazing. So it's, so you went to a place of, for you really being heartbroken and were able to really get into character yeah. on maybe a way that, that was deeper than some of the other scenes. Yeah. But it sounds like you're speaking really positively of it. It wasn't something that was, was negative or something that was good for you right, so yeah. so you think that's kind of a healthy way to go about getting deep into especially heavier scenes to where like if you do it right you totally go there but you feel good on the other side of that yeah I mm -hmm. hope so and I think if people are expected to go into that place don't go into that place without like having expressed to Ryan and Josh ahead of time like this is how dark this will be for me and I just want you to know and 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 getting that support and the respect from the casting crew. And again, they, everybody was incredibly respectful. Like you would have thought in, in that moment we were on this like multi-million dollar project. Everybody was unbelievably 
quiet and and kind and it was just amazing that's cool so you pulled the yeah. whole crew into that it was really cool it was Man, so amazing. great it was like this magical moment i may not ever get another moment like that and i think that's okay. i bet you will i, I bet you okay. will <laughs> um that's really special um i think that you know art, a lot of art forms are powerful and that's something that's powerful yeah. about acting why, why do you think that why, why do you think people enjoy seeing that mm, maybe because like the majority of people have experienced heartbreak on some level and feeling connected to somebody and, uh, and, and just knowing or believing at least for that moment somebody really sees them or understands them, maybe that helps. Maybe it helps them feel validated for their heartbreak or whatever's happening, you know? Yeah, I can see that, no doubt. Well, we're about to go to some questions from the audience. Ooh, um, so but, excited. But first, I always like to do this. It's a fun thing I do. I always like to, to ask the first question in the interview again. Okay. Um, after we've talked a little bit. Oh, okay. Sometimes, sometimes people answer different. The okay. second time is more than one way to answer okay. this question. So why do you do acting? Right. Well, since we've had this really long journey and we just ended with that scene, I would say I, d I definitely enjoy acting for the hope of being able to connect with someone even if I never get to know what happened. That's cool. Yeah. I dig that. It's a good yeah. answer. That's good that you ask it twice. Hey. It's really that's why I'm the that's why I'm the that's why I get the chair with, with that's arms. That's why you on get it. the arms. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. We are gonna go to some questions. We got uh, a friend in the audience. This has been a really uh, cool intimate interview. Yeah. Um, do we have any questions from either of y'all? No questions. Anything that we said that you like, man? I'd like to hear more about this or that. You're good. Just, I don't just mean hanging to out. He's just yeah, hanging out. Yeah. Right. Dennis, do you have one? Um, you talked a little bit about the differences of how your acting method when it comes to you know commercial and film. How would you say it would be different for genres? Oh, that's a really great question as well. Let's see. When we did, for instance, the 48-hour film for that one, we went to a really deep place. So that, I think, if I'm handling it differently from comedy to drama to a romantic experience, each time I just try to think of how can I relate to what needs to happen for the character. So that's the first step. So if it's comedy, that's actually shockingly a lot harder for me on film because I think comedy for me is just a natural exchange or something that happens in the moment with people. And even my stand-up, when I write stand-up, generally I go completely off script, which is why I'm not that great of a stand-up comedian. Um, and then the, the dramatic part is, okay, what life experiences and it's more anchored it's not as much potential for flexibility like the comedic side is more flexible and adaptable but that piece of it is okay it has to be here and this is where i have to go to get here um, and so i'm just recalling instances that might be similar so that i can i can really feel it and then if it's romantic kind of the same thing like I think of you know a time where I felt really connected to somebody or whatever but then that also becomes more about the connection with the other person and why I have those romantic feelings than it does okay now I'm this person and this is why I'm feeling this way it's still a little bit of ebb and flow so that there's a natural feel to it 
does that answer your question? Awesome. That's nice. Uh, I want to follow up on that. What about the difference between acting on stage and on film? I mean, have you made that adjustment? Um, on film, just don't look at the camera. <laughs> nice. Well, <laughs> yeah, you have, you have to dial. Just pretend it's not there, like all the things. You yeah. just have to pretend things aren't there and you have to be willing to still take direction. That's the biggest thing from stage to, to film is being willing to listen to the director and take direction. And if you haven't done something to their standard of what's in their mind, it doesn't mean you've done it wrong. It just means they need you to adjust to fit their vision. And so that's a really, I'm so glad you asked that. This doesn't really answer your question, but kind of does. Mm -hmm because people will get their feelings hurt and shut down and then they ruin that moment. So it's really important to stay open to putting what you have in it and then accepting and adapting mm -hmm. on the, on, um, in that moment with the director. But between stage and film, it really is stage you're taking in everything around you with your friends film you're taking in what matters to the scene and blocking out all of the other things happening the boom the lights um the commands the mm. you know where you're supposed to stand you have to just be aware without looking like you're being aware i see to make it as natural as possible i hear that i've heard some people describe it as it's a little more focused yeah and it's and smaller and and i've also heard um i've heard some say you know you you pretend the camera's not there, but you also have to be very aware. Aware of, of the camera. You know, so you have, to, you have to like nothing exists, but yeah, also but I'm all extremely exists. aware of where yeah. you know where my light is, where you know where my all that stuff. I don't know how many yeah. times I've heard find your light, find your light, and then finally you just don't want to hear it anymore, so you figure it out on your own. Mm -hmm. You're like, I'm just gonna find it. my light. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there's some technique, I guess, to dive in there. Definitely, um, and that's also another thing for people really interested in the industry to research ahead of time that I didn't. Sorry, Dennis. That I didn't do. He's gonna get. He's, I'm never coming back. <laughs> I love how you apologize every time. <laughs> like, Dad, sorry, Dennis. Sorry, <laughs> um, <laughs> I hope you still love me after this. So, so you learn a lot of this by trial and error, but you're kind of advocating for some people doing some research up front. Do you know any resources or good ways for people to learn some of that stuff before they step on set? I would really reach out to places like Freihofer and Michelle DeLong and some lessons. Um, some yes, and help. and at least do one lesson and do a basic about the industry so that they can teach you all those resources. And they're a great collective, like brainchild or brain trust, I guess, both of them, so. Cool, well, yep. we're almost done here. This has been amazing, but um, what, what questions do you want me to ask? What if, you know, there's a lot of people out there who probably want to get into acting, maybe they're in it, trying to take it to the next level. Maybe there's people who are just creatives and curious. What, what, yeah. what should I be asking you? You know, I think we didn't really talk about if people are interested, how to start developing a resume or um, start thinking about headshots and mm -hmm. things like that. Those are pretty critical and basic things. And even if you aren't polished or you don't have a big resume, you can think of things that you've done that you may not even realize apply to acting. Gotcha. Like if you've ever presented in front of an audience, if you have ever, um, done um, some sort of, even for friends, like a photo session or something, or I mean, any of that can translate. Yeah. So start kind of developing that. And keep it really simple, it's just project, 
who did the project and the date it was done, or your role, sorry, project, your role, and then who actually ran the project. You don't even have to put the date on there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then headshots, there are people around town that will do headshots for like $150, and it's a great idea to just go ahead if people really want to do this and get that before anything, before approaching really? an agent or anything. I see. Um, a question that would be good to ask so that people have more knowledge. Um, just ask yourself why you're doing it almost kind of like your first question right if you if you just want to be in front of a camera because you want to be seen just do your IGTV and call it a day yeah we <laughs> all know? have our own stage yeah. show now <laughs> and we carry like everybody can be an yeah. actor yeah. Um, but if you're doing it because you're very interested in the process and and learning how other people's creative minds work and enhancing that whole experience then I say start looking at, I know Facebook has some groups like the Oklahoma Actors Group or something, and there are directors that are posting on there all the time and writers, and just start finding people and talking to them and collaborating. There are socials that happen. Um, I'm not really plugged into all of that, but yeah, I know that it's it happens. Out there. It is There's out there. community to be found. Absolutely. And it's good to have yes. people to bounce ideas off of. Yes. And, and just professionally you're saying, hey, if you want to do it, yeah. get your headshots, get your resume. Your resume doesn't have yeah. to be like this long list of movies you've been in or plays no, you've been in. not at all. It could be like, I gave a presentation at work. Yeah, I, uh, right. yeah. exactly, like anything. Anything just to get started. Yeah. And as you build your resume, you can always knock off things if you feel they're less relevant exactly. in the future. But you think that's kind of the starter kit is headshots, resume, and then go approach an agent on the community side. Yes, Find a community, take some classes, and, yeah. and, and find some art that inspires you and to, to be watching yes. and taking in and I think you got those two things it's like yeah you're yeah. ready you're ready to get started yeah. at least. and again start having conversations with people that plug in uh, talent er- like the skill areas that you don't actually possess so if mm. you have zero desire to get behind the camera you know talk to a dentist you know and yeah. get, and get his yeah. skills somebody who knows what they're then doing. Yeah. and ask him what to do or to collaborate yeah. I love it yeah yeah well speaking of dentists Thank yeah. you for having us today. Thanks, Thank Dennis. you to the Show Starts Now Studios. Thank you to Norman Main Arts Council, uh, Norman Arts Council and Main yeah. Site here in Norman. <laughs> it's a pleasure to be here. Where'd that poster go? Oh, oh it's over it here. Um, yeah, we do want to just, we love just promoting local artists. So um, Ellen Morishell and Michael Fishkeller are the artists featured at this yeah. exhibit currently. Some really moving stuff uh, in the gallery today. So um, I encourage you to check this out. This, this exhibit runs August 9th to September 14th, 2019. But there's always cool exhibits happening here and you can check out everything happening at the Art Walk here in Norman, which is also put on by Norman Arts Council and a lot of other good people in the scene. And you'll play piano for them. And I, yeah, if right I'm here, there. I will play piano for you. <laughs> We had a little jam session before it started, yeah. so yeah. Um, thank you again for coming thank out. You. Thanks for hosting us. And you can find all of this online, all of the episodes, at the show starts now studios.com and artandvictory.com. Those are the two websites, one for the, the studio and one for the, uh, for the website. Thank you again. We'll see you at the next one. Be checking back. And, uh, and, and that's, that's, that's how you do acting. <laughs> that easy. Thank y'all. See you the next one. (laughs)